Hello, everybody. Welcome to another The Paranormal Guide podcast. What podcast episode would this be? About 15? It would be yeah, 15. 15. The numbers don't matter. What matters? It's actually 14.03. No, 13.03. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's getting late. 13. Point I, I, I. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because, yeah, because we had the 13 shamozzle when 13 yes. came about. But the numbers and the, the, the name of the episode, none of that matters. What matters this time round is where we are and who we are with. So, Tan. Tell us, tell us, where are we right now? Well, tonight we are on location at one of South Australia's haunted locations, being Gladstone Jail. Gladstone Jail, located out in the very picturesque Gladstone, South Australia. Now, obviously, Ashley Hall, you're hearing me right now. I'm here. Tarn is here. We're also joined by... Brett. Brett, another one of our regular hosts, but we're joined by three other people that you don't normally hear on the show, and I believe this is all their first time with us. So I'm just going to take around the rooms. I'm Daniel. Daniel. Uh, across the table from Daniel. I'm Robert. Robert, and next to Robert. Damo. Damo. Now, if you guys are regulars and, you know, to at least the Adelaide Tournament Horizon goes to us, you probably have a very good chance of having met everybody that's on this podcast tonight. If not, you are missing out massively. We're all a great, fun bunch of people, and we're here tonight investigating this fantastic location. Now, before we get into any uh, experiences we've had, any kind of stuff we've tried to run here, I guess the listeners are probably going to want to learn a little bit about the jail itself. So does anybody here want to try to fill them in with a little bit of history and a little bit of a, I know, ground plan for what this place is like? Take it away, Tan. <laughs> always back to the blonde, isn't it? <laughs> okay, yeah. so um, Gladstone Jail was um, built back in the 1870s. Um, it was initially built to house the overflow of prisoners from other jails in the area. I think they were Redruth. And is there another jail that was local, Ash? Oh, look, there, there's probably lots. And then it became a, a jail to house um, prisoners during the war. So it's had a bit of a jagged history. Um, there's obviously an Aboriginal block here. Um, there is a hanging tower. Um, dubious accounts of whether the thing has ever been used. <laughs> um, and it depends who you ask on what day as to what answer you get to that question. The jail actually closed in 1974 due to lack of toilet facilities in the cells. In that time since, it's also been used as a tourist attraction and did um, have a film made here with Brian Brown called Stir. Stir. Hmm. Now, I heard a story that Brian Brown was the only person from that film crew that would actually stay the night here. I don't know if that's true, but I did hear that on my travels and learning more about the history here. But good on you, Tarn. You kind of... Kind of did well there. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I do not have Google's help tonight. Does anyone here want to throw anything else in about the history of this place? Any any odd facts you guys might know about anything about the prisoners? Um, even just any quirks about the foundation, the layout of this place? Well, I put my hand up, but because we're in pitch black, it's not going to really do a lot of good. <laughs> um, I, from what I understand, I've read two different accounts. I think there were 24 escapes from the prison uh, but all people were captured but I've also read somewhere else that there were 25 and one person was not captured. Okay so prison escapes were were obviously something. 25 is that large number so this place was open for 
about a hundred years. How does how does that number? So so Rob, I'm going to throw a question at you right now. Oh, fun. Okay, so you know a lot about the history about the Adelaide Jail. Now, yeah. Adelaide Jail was open for approximately 140 years. How many breakouts did they have in that time? Um, that amount I don't know because there were so many over a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, the only one I do can remember now, well, there was two, but the only one I can remember now was a couple of guys that escaped in 73, were on the run for about four months and were yep. recaptured in 1974. Um, there's another one in the 50s where they kept, he escaped and they kept having sights of him, but he was eventually recaptured, I think, after 17 days or something like that. So, the actual number, I don't know. So kind of similar histories, jailbreaks, kind of similar kind of structure. And the escape that people have probably heard about where the guy jumped over the wall because he thought that there were some lovely bags of leafy material or something (laughs) like that underneath. Um, The story goes that he um, made up his mind that he was going to do it this day. The bags of stuff had been moved so when he went over the walls he landed and broke both legs <laughs> <laughs> and, that, um, and, these, and they're tall walls it's not yeah. like your backyard you know six foot fence we're talking like 16 foot but I, I told high. that I told that on a tour and um, guy turned around and said yes it's true but that happened at Yatla yeah who so, knows maybe it happened here yes <laughs> you know it's it was two, two, two broken legs who knows now Tom You mentioned that this place was used as an overflow from other prisons. I've also heard that this place was also used as a place where the other prisons would send sick and elderly prisoners. Do we do we have any confirmation on that? It had quite a lot of. It's still got a lot of medical equipment in it, Um, so it did have a lot of supplies and a lot of visiting physicians in the area. Obviously, at the time, um, I'm assuming. Um, from what I know of SA history and how many people were actually positioned, not all that you know, far by in places like Moonta, Kadena, Iron Knob, Wyala, Piri, those sort of things. So it actually had quite a large supply of medical people up here. And so it looks like that was the case. Um, I mean, the history of this place is so uncertain in so many ways. There's not a lot, as we've all discovered, on Trove. So we need to sort of look outside and look at our own history and try and work it back as to what probably did happen here. But yeah, it does appear that it just um, did a lot of overflow um, work for other prisons. Um, for in that medium side. security as well, for medium security. Where, I think this was actually considered a high... You don't think this was high security? I, I, I did read that it was considered medium security for uh, better behaved prisoners in general. I don't think the jail itself was actually ever full and I think it's got a... I think it's around the 400 cells here, maybe. 120. 120, is that all? 120 to 130, something around that. You're you're close, Tan. I know. I know, but really, I mean... 280. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean... What do you reckon, what do we know about the treatment? Do you reckon the prisoners were being treated all right here, or this had been a fairly cruel and harsh place as far as prisons went? What do you guys get from this place just... Not having obviously been locked up here, but, you know, having gone around seeing the facilities. I think it was a fair treatment of prisoners, to tell you the truth. Not that I've seen the background of millions of jails, but... (laughs) Well, for the time, it would have been a standard for the time, but as things go, everything has to be upgraded, and 
Unfortunately, the jails that didn't upgrade had to be closed. Yeah, and all the jails that we know of that closed around... There was a big closure in the late 80s, early 90s. All about... Pretty much all due to toilets and that kind of sanitary facilities. A lot of the, the prisons here had the toilet buckets, didn't they? They would be doing their business overnight and having to take them out. Cut it out, and I don't know how they disposed of it around here, but at it the jail, was at, at the jail, oh, it varied. It depended what what, what stage of the, the history. Um, but yeah, they did have the um, shit buckets. I think they, were <laughs> they just called them that straight <laughs> up. And um, it, it just really kind of depended. There'd be um, like a prisoner um, would take them. Um, the new officers learned very quickly not to walk too close to the cell openings in the morning because they might wear some of the contents. Ooh, yes. And um, later on they tried portaloos, but apparently that didn't work either. And I can't remember the actual... There was a proper actual reason why the jail closed, and that's why it was so immediate. Yeah. But I can't remember It that. was similar here. It was pretty much all due to the fact that it was going to cost too much a retrofit a proper yeah. sewage and toilet system here. So, But when you actually think of Gladstone compared to Adelaide Jail, I mean, we know the back part of Gladstone Prison, reasonable size sort of yard, but I believe it was actually used for um, lots of vegetables and supporting the prison and things like that. Yeah. So I don't know that they had the exercise yards that maybe Adelaide had. I think that could be that they didn't. So maybe in that way they didn't treat their prisoners as well. Mm. But I think they also did a lot of work here because there's a big tooling shed where they made things and buckets yeah. and all sorts of stuff. And I think even things from here got sent to be used at other prisons. Yeah, they, they, they didn't... It was not a hard labour prison like no one was mining quarries here. It was, as you were saying, it was vegetables. It was laundry. So a lot of the women prisons did laundry, not just for the jail, but also surrounding didn't they businesses make and places. Uniforms or something that. like that. They, might have, they, yeah. they possibly did that as well. I'm, I'm not sure about that <laughs> myself. But yeah, so, so it is an interesting prison. It, it, it's similar to Adelaide in just the kind of the foundation, the structure, but almost had a different kind of population of prisoners here. What do we know about deaths here? Because that's what we're going to get down in nitty gritty, and that's what the listeners want to know about. Do we, were there many deaths here at Gladstone Prison? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Okay, well, okay, well, I'll first say that when I've been looking, I haven't been able to find myself references on just a very surface level look, so then I'd have to defer to Tan's <laughs> experience, knowledge. Well, um, like I said, I. Depends who you ask what day, whether there was hangings here or not. But um, personally, I don't believe that people got hang here. I mean, there's all sorts of stories about old gallows out the front. But, you know, considering what they did in Adelaide Jail and they made them quite public spectacles, I really don't think that actually happened here. But um, plenty of deaths, I do believe, occurred in this jail. Number one, because it housed a lot of sick prisoners and elderly prisoners, (laughs) low security prisoners. So... These people were not well. They were not all able to do hard labour. So they weren't doing the mining and things that they did out of Yatler and things like that. So these prisoners, um, a lot of them would have died of just natural causes. Yeah. Um, And obviously there's a very famous one who died here, Mary Ship, um, who's buried down at the local Gladstone Cemetery, went and saw her grave today. 
Damien and I did. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we've actually found that it has <clears throat> been marked now. Oh, good. So, um, yeah. But lots of lots of deaths have occurred here. Aboriginal cells here are <coughs> quite large cells and they were put that way um, because the Aboriginals didn't cope being in individual cells like it appeared the white people did. So large cells, some of them at times housing up to 12 and 13 people. Yeah. And probably only four times the size of a normal sort of prison cell that we're all sort of used it, to the look of. So Yeah, apparently cut down on the suicide rate within that population as well, housing them in a more um, communal kind of setting. There are rumours that the <clears throat> Aboriginals that died here are buried within the prison walls. I'm yet to no, find any Not in the wall themselves. Not in the in wall. The, in the Between the inner yeah. and the outer walls. <laughs> We've got, you know. we got to be careful what we say. Some people think, oh, wow, start digging out the walls over the five I think bones. that's a really interesting point that we've said about you know, the difference between uh, cell, the cells for Caucasian prisoners versus Aboriginal prisoners. I think a lot of people make an assumption that um, it was a, about mistreatment or, uh, and a lack of respect towards Aboriginal prisoners. When what you're saying is that it was actually uh, it was for their own benefit, something that was believed to be and yeah. shown to be for the, for their for the good. Yeah, it was because they, like Ash said, you know, solitary single cells did not work for yeah, them. I don't think a lot they of were community-based people. So um, when they were put on their own, the suicide rate was quite high. Yeah. So they had less problems housing them in groups in larger cells. Well, we know there were inquiries in places such as Adelaide Jail from some of the Aboriginal youth suicides there as well in the cells. So, um, but some of the other deaths here are actually quite quite sad. One, I forget the lady's name. I could easily run out there and grab it off the wall. But there was a lady who died here in the jail several days after her release from the jail. So she was when it came to her time to be released. She was too sick to leave, so decided we'll keep her here anyway. Even though her date for release has already passed, we'll try to nurse her back to health. But she actually died several days later. So she was a free woman, but died within the jail anyway. So there's, so there's lots of really strange stories here. Do you know where she got buried at? Uh, yes, a pauper's grave at the cemetery. Okay. Yeah, so uh, she might she may have a marker, but she definitely won't have like a headstone or a, any kind of great memorial like that. It's actually um, Gladstone <clears throat> Cemetery is quite unique in lots of ways. Um, as far as I do do a lot of cemetery jumping around, and there's a big list at the um, at the start there that tells you burial dates, um, where graves are, those sorts of things. It's not a just go for a wander and have a look. I mean, obviously you can. And there's also a very, very, very interesting grave there, one that um, has made me look in many other locations since. And just outside the fence is a grave from a gentleman. I think it's from the 1830, 1870. 1870 something. 1877, I think it was. And he was in his 30s and he suicided. So not being allowed to be buried in consecrated grounds, he was placed outside the grounds. Something I have heard of but never seen in any other cemetery. So if any of our listeners have seen something like that and would like to throw the suggestions out there and maybe get the other rest of us to visit these graves that are outside the cemeteries, yeah. please let us know the locations. I would and love to know. Any strange grave, even just lonely graves around old fields like... Um, what's Scotty's grave. Scotty's grave, except stuff like that's fantastic. Now... What about the paranormal stories about this place? We may as well just get into it. That's why the listeners are listening. What do we know? This is not, not our own experiences yet. We'll get to that later. But what do we know about the stories, about what people are reporting happening in this jail? 
Daniel, do you know of any other stories, non non personal experiences, about what's been reported here? What's been reported? <coughs> oh, unfortunately, no, I don't know much about that one. But I do know that some people always get the cold chills in certain areas, or um, I've had um, heard the reports that in the Aboriginal cells. Um, some people can't go all the way in, they get so far and then they have to stop and get out or um, they go past a certain cell and it's like someone's watching them yep. in, the, in the Aboriginal cells. Um, other than that, I can't think of much more than that. Okay. Um, so yeah. I've actually stayed up here probably close to 10 times. Um, now, the first few times I, even though I had a bit of a glint of paranormal interest um it was just walking around with with a with a couple of different groups of friends and cool place to say something a bit different sort of thing anyway um came up here with um a group of people that and they also had some children with them now um tony who's the um jailer here he did a bit of a a tour and a bit of a walk around for us he even took us down to the cemetery He's the one that showed me the suicide grave. Anyway, um, Tony took us down to C Division, um, which is maximum security, which has the experimental cells in it. Now, um, I'm not sure if it's two or three off the back wall. There is actually two cells opposite each other, which were both known as suicide cells that had suicides take place in them. Now, um, we thought we'll send, send little Matt down. He was about 11 at the time. No responsible. yeah of course of course because we don't want to do that sort of stuff so anyway so we all stood back in the light and obviously the very end of the building's quite i'm guessing it's what some 50 60 meters the depth of that block anyway um so matt gets part way down couldn't get to the back wall turns around and is screaming he's like nah just couldn't cope so that sort of sparked my interest. There's obviously something there, you know. We didn't tell Matt about the suicide cells or how far. Just go down and touch them all and full of bravado like all 11, 12-year-olds are. He, yeah, kind of struggled. Okay. So that was quite interesting. But um, the same night, um, I was just running around with a normal digital camera trying to capture orbs, as we all did back then, and um, got into the Aboriginal cells. I have one photo that came out in those cells. Of the probably 15 I took, the rest all came out completely black. One is my girlfriend standing straight in front of me. The rest all um, taken <clears throat> in different cells in there. Not one came out, which was quite interesting. So, Did, did you have your flash turned off? I tried both. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, because I could see when they, when they appear <clears throat> on the screen, your digital camera, you can yeah. see. So I did try both ways with it on and off. And, yeah, I got one photo out of 15 that came hmm. out, which was quite interesting, you know. Still got them if you want to go through them, Brett. <laughs> I will do that. Later, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so the stuff that has been reported coming out of this place is stuff that... The very typical stuff that you find in a jail. Cold spots, slamming doors, strange noises, keys, footsteps, shadows, murmuring, lots of women's voices. Pregnant women are highly affected in certain parts of this including this room and the birthing room. We're in the matron's room, everyone. For anyone that knows the jail, that's where we're recording right now. Um, Tony, when he first came and did a walkthrough here, so when he first came in to be the, I guess, the Lisi of Gladstone Jail, which would have been, God, that would have been a while ago, 
He, on his first walkthrough, he's told me that he had seen something, once again, in the Aboriginal cells as well, when he was just doing a lone walkthrough. He says he, he doesn't feel uncomfortable, but he is very well aware of other things around him when he has locked up here at night. So I very... was actually talking to his <clears throat> wife today, and I asked her the question, where do you feel the most uncomfortable? Where do you... And this is a woman that's in here every day. The place is actually in really good shape um, compared to how it was quite a few years back. I mean, they do an excellent job of keeping as clean as possible. You could imagine the size of this place and the buildings, but she said to me, um, the kitchen area, yep. the Aboriginal <clears throat> cells, and C Block are the areas she does not like. Yeah. And, and, and we really should listen to those people because they're the ones that are here the most. They're going to be the most used to this place. If they're feeling uneasy in places, that's, that's actually... Even after all this time, that's, that is incredibly interesting. And I think it's about time we start talking about some of these areas that people can go and visit when they come here to Gladstone and some of the things they might find. So just for those of you that are playing at home, you can... Book the, to stay the night here. It's only $20. It's a steal. You, you can't find accommodation that cheap anywhere, let alone a non-haunted location that you can book out for the night. And where you'll typically sleep is in the women's wing. It's largely known as the women's wing, and it does have a birthing room in it. So if you were here pregnant, that's where you would, you know, come to term. There was and actually numerous births that occurred here too. There was a... There were numerous births. Yeah, a place of life and death. So... By all means, fill in with personal experience if you want. That part of the prison where we're all staying tonight. What do we know about it? What have we experienced there? Etc. Experience? <laughs> yeah, like, you know. What, what, what time near the fire with wet wood. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was a very impressive night because I had all the smoke alarms going off in the place. It was fantastic. You still have the smoke alarms here. Yeah. yeah. And um, the two volunteers Jesus. were... <clears throat> sitting out there drinking their iced coffee and having a smoke and didn't realise what the noise was. And we were all sitting in the kitchen at the time not knowing what the noise is. And it's quite interesting. And then um, Robert did the brave thing and took it outside and only smoked for about three or four more hours after that. It was great. So what was it just? It was just a wet piece of wood I put on top of the fire to dry and, yeah. <laughs> Set off do, every smoke alarm in the place. As you do with a wet piece of firewood, you just chuck it on top of the fire to dry it out. <laughs> that, that was I actually point, think don't it's do intelligent. It. Yeah, at the time, she did. the smoke came. Oh, you didn't even put it in. You had it just laying on top to, yeah. to slowly cook and... No, to dry out. It was yeah. properly having coals and everything. <laughs> it was smoldering away. It, it was pretty nifty. All right, what, what about, what, was, what, about was, what about paranormal experiences? What, not the near-death experiences. Not that, the near-death experiences. That was such a paranormal thing for you to do. No, that'd be easy. So, so, so what experiences have, have some of you guys had? Well, I guess, Damien, you haven't had experiences. No, not yet. being my first time. But, but some of you guys have been here several times. What have you had experience maybe where you're sleeping, in the, the cells where you're sleeping, or even just in that wing in general? I've myself have never had anything going on in where I sleep in the cells. I've stayed in I've stayed here what three, four, three or four times now, um, and I've slept in different cells each time I've come up, and I've never had anything going on. But okay. then again, I'm when I'm asleep, I'm dead to the world. I think it would take a nuclear blast to wake me up, <laughs> or another smoke alarm. <laughs> yeah, if Tom puts another piece of wood on the fire. Um, other than that. 
I do remember Emily because said um, when we were all in bed that she'd heard heavy footfalls walking down, walking down the hallway towards um, towards the centre here. Um, but um, no one else heard it. Yeah. Aside from pregnant women that have stayed in the birth room have had nothing dangerous, but I've just had strange sensations and that in there. Well, isn't cell 13 rumoured to have... I'm trying to think what her name is. Is it Scarlet? Scarlet? Is it, that's the name they've given her? And she scratches people in that cell? I don't always sleep in there. I've never... Maybe oh, she's she just not interested me in me. Too. Is it Scarlet? I'm trying to remember. I, 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 to her. I don't know. But, um, no, I slept in there the first time, remember? And, okay. yeah... Yeah, you're just taking my word for it, aren't you? Um, <laughs> it's really hard when we can't make eye contact and we're no, sitting in the pure true, dark. Actually. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. trying to go and have a conversation with you, but you can't you, even you see my hands. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're conversing with silhouettes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, No, I slept in 13 the first time and nothing happened. Didn't get scratched? No. Because I'm pretty sure they talk about... Because I do run a ghost tour here. Um, that is only a cost of $10 per head. But they talk about um, the girl in cell 13 on that night. They talk about her. And I'm pretty sure that her name's Scarlett. But, yeah, people have been reported big scratches. And I think she tends to attack females more than males. That was, oh. Is that maybe... That sounds right now. Really? Yeah. That's, that's why they would have preferred you in there than me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, not a I know, um, I do remember hearing I, it was either cell 3, 4 or 5. One was called the spooning cell. <laughs> All right, fill us in on that. that. That was no, it was four. It was four. It was four. Okay, it's all cans right then for tonight. You're going to get spooned. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Simon. Spooning ghost. Yeah, You're basically, it was it was a ghost that um, a person that would just love to cuddle up to someone and spoon with them. Nothing bad. It's it was just, just not, it's just somebody. Just like a, that like would be disconcerting. Like it could have the nicest intentions in the world. Like you're looking a bit cold there, mate. I'll get in behind you and give you a hug. But if that's happening to you, you're gonna you're gonna freak out, surely. Yeah, because it's cold. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. No, just by having this thing, I can't see sticking its arms around it. Wow. I just that, that just your initial be, thought would be, who's that? And then it'd be, Ooh. there'd be then. I hope it's a garden. That's their flashlight. <laughs> all right so so you're pretty much safe in the sleeping cells here you might you might get spooned what about the maximum security and that whole wing so the light probably the largest continuous stretch of the prison as far as cells are concerned it also housed the surgery uh a guard's room uh, the suicide cells we talked about well Tom talked about before as well as all the experimental what, what have we had experience-wise there? Has anyone here heard any stories or had anything themselves? I haven't heard of any stories, but I was up here during the daytime, probably April this year. Yep. Um, and I think it was cell 111, which is the first one on the right-hand side as you go in through the gates. Um, went to, the door's wide open, went to pull it shut because I was going to walk in there, and it flung back out. So it felt like someone was pulling it back open and didn't want me to shut the door. So it was like, um, yeah, restricting Yeah, restricting. It was like a pressure, like someone was pulling it back so I couldn't shut the door. And and that's just one of the empty cells, nothing in there? Yeah, it was just an empty cell. There's nothing in there at all. Bizarre. So, yeah, it was very strange, very weird sensation at the time. Hmm. I did um, investigation with other people one night and we were down... 
in one of the experimental cells in C Division. And <clears throat> we were just, I think we had a Ouija board out and we were having a bit of a session in there and all of a sudden we realised one of the people that were with um, a whole body language and demeanour had changed and we realised she mm. probably hadn't spoken for maybe six, ten minutes. Oh, and wow. Yeah. And we decided we needed to get her out of there because she it was like she was a little bit overcome. The body language had become all closed and you've got to imagine most of our investigations are done in the dark. So, yeah. Yeah. So we were like, hmm, not sure this is a great thing <clears throat> happening in here right now. So, What do you think was happening? Brett, what do you think was happening? Uh, I mean, any, anything is it's going to be speculation or yeah. we can... Um, you know, I'd, I'd really not, not even be able to guess on that, but there was certainly significant change in that person's personality, their body language, their behaviour in general. They almost, uh, I'd almost say, became very empty. Mm. Uh, almost to, like know. a slumped over type thing in the corner. It was, um, and I guess because despondent. You, 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 okay. Yeah, and we're staring obviously at meters. We're in low light, and obviously. The longer you sit in a place, the more your eyes adjust to low levels of light. So it took a while for us, and I think Brett was the one that pointed it out, well, look at her body language, you know, look at how she's changed. So mm. it's quite interesting. How's the rest of the group feeling at the time? I think the rest of us were actually not affected, actually. No, I think we were more excited that something was happening. <laughs> it gets like that. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It's quite tragic. I've had something strange happen down there, right? Where the um, where they have the bars going across that kind, where the maximum security sign is, we were set up just inside there. This was uh, back with with an old team, and uh, our tech guy Paul, he had what's known as a singing Tesla coil. So it's a Tesla coil, but it can oscillate its pitch. The EMF it puts out, depending what device you plug into it, you can actually pre-record EVP questions and it'll send it out as bursts of energy and etc. Basically, it, it, it's a weird tool, but we did get something really, really cool happen. We set this thing up. We hadn't even started asking questions. We hadn't even plugged in a phone or anything to get it to do its thing when we could hear a female kind, not sing but humming a tune. And it wasn't like we were standing there. It was probably three or four of us standing around this device and we could not pinpoint where the humming was coming from. We couldn't pinpoint a direction. It was almost like it was omnidirectional. It was just within the space with us. And I just and that was probably one of the strangest things I've actually had experienced here. Sorry, just before you were yeah. talking then, did anyone hear something down the hallway? Yeah, I thought I heard a bit of a murmur, but... I- not quite sure what it was. Because a couple of times since I've been sitting here, there's a small crack of light coming out from under the door that I can see. <clears throat> I've actually like... seen it broken. The... Yes, yes. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one yeah, seeing that. I but I thought I could hear and, um... something moving down towards the fire. Yeah, it was like a bit of a hum sort of noise. Hum? Hmm. Interesting because oh, um, <laughs> where I'm sitting, I've actually got a mirror to my left. I can actually look at that mirror and I can see the door quite clearly and like you say, Tom, I've been drawn to that door quite Where's a lot. Where's the mirror? It's right here next kind to me. Kind of behind Brett. Behind Brett. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. And I, I, I haven't, been able to, haven't been able to stop looking at the mirror towards the door. Yeah. Um, but, so I think that, you know what, putting... What is that? Because did it just, did the light get brighter? There was a little flash. Because I saw it light up, a yeah. line of light, light up here. 
like behind you guys. And it, it must have come through the door, but it must have brightened up for a sec. It did. Yeah, I saw that myself. Oh shit, that's you. I just saw the little broom. Sorry about the brief interruption there. We, with the strange things that were going on, we thought it was probably best to go out there and have a look to see what was happening. And yeah, I, when I went out there, I didn't actually see something. But you, Daniel, you I came across something else. Did I didn't see anything, but when we walked out there, because I was the first one to walk out into the crossways between the, the, the wings, I heard down in the maximum security wing what sounded like sort of a door closing. Um... But what got my attention was going further back past the tower to what wing would that be? B. B wing. Um, through to B wing where I could hear footsteps. Um, and I know everyone that was in the room with us now, they were behind me, but these ones were in front of me down in B wing. And so we went and investigated and didn't find anything, unfortunately. But when we went down there, it was very cold. <clears throat> I liked the very first thing you did when you went down there oh. and you turned the torch on. <laughs> As you walk in to B-Wing from the, the Rotunda Tower, um, on the right-hand side there is a, a barred cell. When you look into it, there is a mannequin <laughs> undercovers. Looking right at you. Looking right at you. And <laughs> I was not expecting it. I'm sure the entire jail would have heard me yell out, Fuck, I don't think it wasn't. Um, Damn and blast. Damn and blast. You you don't have to edit yourself. You can swear all your life if you need to. I have to admit, the bloody scared the shit out of me at first, but then I realised what it was. It was like, for fuck's sake. Mackens always get you. Before we get back to the glasses, anyone here been... Freaked out by a, by a well-placed mannequin they weren't expecting. jail. Oh, God, yes. Um, there, were, there used to be a mannequin in foyer. There was a little room in there that they used to have a, a mannequin of uh, one of the prison officers. They since moved that, um, moved that because I think a lot of people had the same experience I did because when you'd lock up, you'd pull the blind down and when unlocking, you'd have to pull the blind back up. And, of course, I forgot the mannequin was there. <laughs> and when you pull the blind up, you are face-to-face with this mannequin. So you pull the blind up, and there's this thing staring straight back at you. I, I reckon the people that run these places know exactly what they're doing with their mannequins, where they place them. <laughs> they're, they're just too cannily placed to not scare the mannequins. Yeah. I have to admit, the, uh, in, at the Adelaide Jail again, the doctor... That bloody oh, mannequin no. and the doctor's, um, doctor's quarters. Oh, yeah, but that's just creepy. It, that's creepy. <laughs> and the first time I saw it, I have to admit, bloody hell. No. Do you, do you know which place here does have another mannequin that always fools me? When you're walking up to the indigenous cells, you can kind of see the two windows and then oh, you've got the yeah. door. And oh, in yeah. one of those windows, you kind of see this vague humanoid shape, which always freaks you out. And you look at it, and it's kind of not there. You go in, you turn your torch on, and there stand that window is, well, it's a, it's a female mannequin <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a prison outfit. And it, it always gets you. The Aboriginal cells, the indigenous section, that would definitely be a hot spot in this prison, or at least one of them, where a lot of stuff seems to go down. And there could be many reasons for that, of course. But what, what are some of the stuff that people here have experienced there in that one section? 
Oh, well, Tan turned to me straight away. Um, we <laughs> Obviously, were... we're not sitting in complete darkness any longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we were doing that tour and um, went into the Aboriginal cells and she was, uh, they were doing their spiel. And I was just getting more and more emotional in there. Yeah. Um, to the point, and this has only ever happened, hasn't happened to me before or since. Um, I just had to get out of there and was completely in tears. I had to control it too, otherwise it just would have been, you know, pretty horrible. And I don't really remember a lot of that afterwards, though. I was just, I was just trying to control that. But yeah, that was a horrible feeling, really horrible feeling. So it was just a complete um, feeling of being overcome by. <clears throat> what you were feeling in the cell or was it more a, a personal reaction to something you thought was going on there? Or I, I don't know. I, I think it um, might have been to do with some of the stuff that we'd heard about with that cell. Yeah. So so which part of the, that section were you in when that happened? It was, it was the front room there where you've got that creepy mannequin you talking about. And I was closest to the door, wasn't I? I was closest to the door anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I just had to get out of there and, um, yeah, it, it was not nice. Was I think, um, if I recall later that evening, we went back in there, didn't we? Oh no, we had the ghost box session, remember? Mm-hmm. When we were in the kitchen and it kept wanting me to go back in there by myself and we kept trying to convince, so you, you don't want anyone else? No. You want me? Yes. So you don't want blah, no. <laughs> and we just kept going and on and on like that, didn't we? Yeah, and to, just to send to you back into the Aboriginal cells on your own. Yeah. And Which you didn't want to do at the time. No, I was all right with her. It. it was Emily that insisted that she goes with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to miss out on the action. <laughs> and you know what? Nothing happened. Mm. Maybe, maybe it was just like goading to see if you would do it. But that, that was the thing. <laughs> Can we and that, get him to? And I, and I suppose that's the thing, is that, again, you just never know. And I think a lot of what we do, like, like you're saying, you need to try certain things. Like, you know, like you say, try on your own and let someone else come in a bit later. Sometimes I think you've just mm. got to go with, you know, give it a bit of a trial. doesn't mean it's forever. Someone else can join in or, you know, or leave for that matter too, you know. Mm. Yep. You just follow sort of what you feel at the time and what you might be hearing on a ghost box, if you like. What you experience, what you guys witnessed in that front room of that section, I've been through. I haven't been through it myself, but I've seen the exact same thing happen there. We had booked out the jail, but it is also used as accommodation so anyone can kind of book in for a hotel so this night there were other people here with us mm. and they learned that we were doing some investigation work seeing what was going on so they decided to come around with us and you know these people i guess weren't so into the way that the rest of the group were investigating so i kind of took them away by themselves we went to the aboriginal section and in that front room two of them broke down were absolutely inconsolable and yet yeah, we even once we got them out, it wasn't like, you know, something like this might happen up at Taylor. You take them out, they're settled down. Here, when I took them out, thinking that's going to be the same thing, the same thing's going to happen, they didn't calm down. They were they were just wrecks for hours. So it is a, so it is a strange area, as is the kitchen. Now, I think everyone here, is, except for maybe Damien once yep. again, has had, and it, maybe not an experience, but I have either 
seen someone have an experience or have heard the strange noises, seen the strange goings on that go in that kitchen. And just to describe it for people, it's when you walk into the, that section, you've got the large prison kitchen, lots of stainless steel things, and you can just imagine it being huge vats and stuff like that at one stage. Go through there, you're in the mess hall. And it's, it's fairly small, and, you know, a couple of tables, a couple of chairs. But yeah, it's just that one part of the prison which was mainly just used for eating, as from what I can imagine anyway, just sometimes has this really, really strange feel to it. Has everyone here felt that in that room? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm guessing a lot of people that are listening have come here to Glass and have probably experienced the same thing. Lots of people I've been here with have also experienced the same thing. Describe that experience, and I know, once again, it's a speculation, but why do you think that might be happening in that place of all places, the kitchen? Daniel, what do you think? <laughs> well, the mess hall being what it is, a lot of people would have gathered there. I was thinking um, the social aspects. The social aspects, so even in death, they might think, it's still a social space, yep. we'll go back there. That's where they got their food, that's where they... Spent, what, three meals a day? And we're there saying good day to them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's basically a place, a congregation area. Mm. And, you know, there's lots of theories saying that people in a place can impart part themselves on the, the structure. And if that's the case, and you've got, it may, well, maybe not the entire population of prison, I'm guessing some of them, maximum security, probably still eight in their cells, but they're meeting there. And if, there's got, if there is a way Ooh. for something to be... Impressed on a location, K2s are going off by the way, guys. They're listening at home. That's going to be as good a place as any of that's going to take place. And same with the Aboriginal cells. Once again, communal living, they weren't in separate cells, they were able to mingle (laughs) once again in that one section. And possibly the same with the drunk tanks, which are also, you know, quite active. So, so what have we experienced in the kitchen anyway? Lots and throw the drunk tanks in with it too, because sometimes the experiences tend to cross over. Well, last time I was up here, they did. Okay. Um, didn't we get a ghost box thing saying that it wanted you in there? Yeah. And so, you only went in there with with you with me because oh, I didn't feel comfortable. And um, so yeah, we went in there. And, oh, what was it? Was that where our tape? Tape recorder. I put it up on top of that <clears throat> wardrobe thing, <clears throat> and then when we came back, we found that the, that particular that whole thing was yeah. That whole not, session had been wiped. Had been wiped, <clears throat> and so, um, that was about an hour and a half session. Tarn's batteries are draining left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were all I didn't actually have run a voice recording there because if we recall that night, um, quite stormy, quite windy. Mm. Um, so I actually decided. Trying for EVPs <coughs> was probably not the thing to be doing on those sort of conditions because it was quite noisy down there. You've got yeah. to sort of, you oh, know, yeah. and the ghost box session was, you know, just take it for a ghost box session, don't take it for yeah, that's what trying to hear an yeah. EVP as well, sort of thing with it. So, mm. but it was when we moved back into the mess hall next to the kitchen, <coughs> things got a little interesting. We weren't there for very long in that room no. before we started getting hits on the ghost box and we started asking questions. And who was it that asked, um, who would you like in here alone? Who was that? It's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sounds like a Robert question. I think it was me. It does sound like a Robert question, actually. Uh, One thing I want to touch on is the EVP. Since we're talking about audio, we've got some very specific words with EVPs coming out. And although we're getting a lot of sounds, we're also getting a lot of human voices. I recall the last time we were here... Um, We were doing Ghost Box Session, um, seemed to be responding to Daniel. Um, We decided we'd turn off the Ghost Box, because after a while... Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I can only do a ghost box session for a certain amount of time and I start mm. getting, you know, a bit tense and uptight because that... Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, we turned it off and I said to Daniel, um, keep talking, it seems to be responding to you. And he said, are you still in the kitchen? Now, I think it said, are you still... I'm still here. And it's with the very S and very sinister. We talked about it a few yeah. podcasts back. And I can play it at some point if you'd like to play it out onto the podcast. But just send me the file and I'll just stitch it in there. Okay. Yeah. Keep talking. Have you met the kitchen? What the fuck was that? Yeah, who whispered that? Did someone say I'm still here? Somebody whispered. Yeah, I heard yeah, it on the head. Whispered. I heard a whisper. What does it sound like? I'm still here or yeah. something like that. Right? Well, I've got these on, so... It sounded like it was right in, like... Um, it was almost like on the table. Mm. Wasn't it? Yeah, you put these on and you got a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you left the kitchens? Have you left the kitchens? I do also remember that same night that um, we were sitting next to each other and Rob was sitting on my left. And we, there was a bit of a gap between you and me, Tom. Um, you turned toward me and jumped because you thought you saw... Um, something between us. Something between us. Which was... Um, <clears throat> I think when that happened in relation to the like the disembodied voice. And this voice was not just picked up on voice recorders. It was heard audibly... By everyone in the room. Yeah. So, it's... Um, I can remember jumping, but I can't remember... I, I just felt like was... there was something between us. And I mean, we weren't sitting all that far apart. Mm. But we did learn something very important that night, I thought. Mm. With um, I was running a voice recorder and a video, and Robert and Daniel also running um, audio recorder. We should really all start our recordings at the same time because when you go back and you listen and someone goes, hey, I can hear this, but I started my recording 15 minutes after them mm-hmm. and didn't take any note of it on the night or make any you know, thought to it, mm-hmm. it's a completely different time sequence. So if you are going to go out with a group of people and you are going to try and... And can be fucked going through 60 hours audio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the easiest thing is ra- rather than make sure everyone starts at the same time, at least have a synchronising sound. Clap. You know, it, c- it could be a clap or one of Ash's fart sounds, you know, that, anything. Um, you know, anything that everyone has on there so they can cut right before it so then it will be synchronised. Yeah. Mm. Just, just something. I mean, it, it's hard, obviously, when you've got so much audio and so much you know video to go through and you're like wow and other people are going through the same stuff but when they ring you and they go hey check out the 25 minute mark and you go "Mm, that was 42 on mine (laughs) 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 makes it quite interesting so but um the audio from that night i actually got um i think i listened to about uh 
half an hour where it was, there was some that I quite um, easily eliminated because there was so much background noise, being quite a windy, loud night. But there was lots of little things I thought I could hear. And I went through, and in the space of about 20 minutes, I thought I came up with about five or six different points that I thought, hmm, interesting. So I actually should go back and listen to it again. Send you. <laughs> if I could send my file, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> These are definitely an interesting place. And what about touches? People are also getting touched in that kitchen area. I believe it might have happened tonight yeah. to a couple of the people. Well, what's that like? Because I don't think I've actually been touched it's on an investigation a... like by something unseen, not like what you guys are describing. So, so what was the situation that happened there? And It's more of a shock. You don't expect to feel like you're being touched by anything or anyone. And um, I, my experience is that it's cold. And it, 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 it's like it's touching your skin. It's going through the clothing. It's not being stopped by clothing at all. Yeah. You just get the cold, icy feeling. Like, when I got touched tonight, it's, that's what makes you jump. It's the, the initial cold shock that you get from actually having that feeling of, being touched and it's just like oh god and yeah. you can't help it but it is an interesting experience because when it ha- you can kind of tell when someone's being touched because they that chair always makes the same noise and they're always making the same noise it's like a very sudden you know yeah. like very jump like, they're fuck. all of a sudden very alert because when you got touched tonight time yeah, i knew I something happened oh the second time yeah i felt like i had someone's it was a, quite a reassuring touch, the second one. But the first one was just a like a poke. And do you describe something like cold, direct? No, well, I actually or? felt, the, the one when I was standing up, felt quite warm. And it, they had their hand there on the my upper arm for quite, hand. you know, it was more of a, yeah, maybe more reassuring. I don't know. Maybe ghosts can but be I had, both But I'd already done a little bit of a musical chair thing around the table just <laughs> previous. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. I suppose some people do feel warm touches and some people do feel cold. But I think it, it depends on where you're getting that energy from too. Yeah, if it's... Um, if it may not necessarily be to do with the kitchen, you know? Well, that's it. Could um, be Simon giving me a cuddle. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Ghost, your ghost in a box. Is he in a box? Did you bring him along in a box? No, he's, he's um, wandering around. No, he's not into podcasts. You've got to trap him somewhere. Oh, he's trying Old to shoebox. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'd love to keep talking. We're probably going to run out of some time. Before we go, I just want to ask this question you guys in the group. You guys, we've all been here now, some of us only once or twice. Are there any specific activities, rituals, anything here that you guys have seen that can bring about more activity potentially than other things? Is there... Any kind of activity you guys have done that have seen more results at this particular location? Thinking. Thinking. <laughs> yeah, the thinking moment. We do get hits on the ghost box, as we've said before. Um, I feel we've, we've found in the kitchen, that it, or the mess, that um, sometimes doing that can bring out more activity. and um, It depends on how you do it and what questions you ask. Not all ghosts are going to respond to, is there anyone there, or um, how did you die? 
interesting question, Ash, because I've often thought this would be the place. Um, I think before I come up here last time with Robert, we had a chat about um, we should do similar style to like the Victorian seance sort of thing and try and have a lot of trigger objects because it's something I haven't tried here. Um, something I'd be interested to try. Try and get some some sort of different reactions um, rather than just the standard sort of equipment. I mean, the, what, going back to what we were talking about before with um, the jail being a sick jail and um, things like that. So maybe also the kitchen, the reason it gets a lot of it is because people would have gone numb perhaps in their cell for longer periods of time and <clears> the <throat> uplift of going into the kitchen and eating would have been, you know, because they've sort of maybe laid in their cells for... 20 hours a day because like we said there's not huge exercise yards here like there are in other places so you know but I, I really would like to bring along um, some trigger objects and try them out in so the drunk things tanks. like that things, yeah, cigarettes. That, things that might be of value alcohol or when we've got some meters going off it really um, likes the sound of cigarettes by the you know, I'd like to see uh, have us bring a, f- a few more people along separate the groups into um you know, people that are very, you know, strong believers, people that are um, sceptics, and then perhaps try try some try some experiments by putting the groups in different locations, doing the same things, and seeing, can, so we can compare and contrast the results between these different groups. <clears throat> and you know, do they both have the same experiences? Do they both have very different experiences depending upon their belief systems? I think that would be of real value. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can try some groups of trigger objects, some not. You could probably get really quite elaborate, but you want to keep it simple to begin, begin we with. want to keep it simple. Simple just, questions. You know, okay, you know what? The fact is that uh, we're probably going to have to organise this shit, and if that's the case, I want it to be easy and simple. So Otherwise, it'll be up to me, right? Okay, let's make it elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> and catered. <laughs> So, yeah, look, and if there's anyone listening that would like to be part of that type of a thing, an experiment, who knows what you could be in for? Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs. Are we suggesting a Stanford prison experiment? <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's lock people down for two weeks. We'll have some prisoners, some guards going at it. Could be fantastic. But, okay, we probably won't do a Stanford prison experiment, so that didn't end so well. And it's the Gladstone prison experiment. Yeah, we'll call it something else, and this will be in a real prison. <laughs> but, yeah, if, you, if that's something you'd like to be part of, yeah, drop us a line through the, the through the podcast, the paranormalguy.com slash podcast, where you're listening to this. Now, before we go, oh, was there something you needed to Yeah, find? I'd say, well, t- tell you know, in doing that, let us know, you know, that you're interested and let us know, uh, you know, are you a sceptic? Are you someone that... But basically uh, tell us, do you believe in orbs or don't you believe in orbs? That's, that's a very good, that's that's a good way to we'll split it up with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. But yeah. you know what, I think we need to address that we did have um, a listener that seemed to show some psychic ability in guessing the number that I wrote on the board between zero <laughs> and a hundred. <laughs> Okay, now, okay, okay. Before we tell what that number is, I just want to ask the listeners, do you believe that the person, I guess this was psychic coincidence or just knows Brett really well? What was the number, oh, Brett? Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember the number off the top of my head. Anyone else? Um, well, look. What's, 23. What's Bill and Ted's favourite number? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've got it on the dot. <laughs> exactly. 
Alright, but before we go, what what do you guys reckon is the best way to experience this place? Just to book it out, do the ghost tour, and have a poke around overnight, or just on your own, or coming with groups? What what do you guys reckon? Uh, look, I've done it every which way, really. <laughs> but, um, no, 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 no. In, no in regards to the in tour, regards to, to coming, coming to here, here. Um, I would suggest <laughs> that um, people come along, um, grab a group of like-minded friends however your beliefs are you've got to come up here with like-minded people and i recommend you do do the tour and then you spend the rest of the night either sitting around talking just run some tape recorders or you know pull out a heap of equipment and do some investigating you know or just crash in one of the semi-comfortable beds yeah <laughs> pretty much just give it a crack is what yeah, we're saying just come up here come book up. it 20 bucks plus 10 bucks for a tour you can't go wrong. It's like, what two, two and a half hours out of Adelaide, so it's not even a huge drive. You, look, if nothing happens, you haven't really lost a lot. You've got to spend a, a night in a jail. Not many people can say they've done that. The only thing that you do need to know, uh, know is that you do have to bring your own bedding. Um, <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. You can hire. You can hire. Yeah. That's another what ten dollars on top. Oh, I'm not sure if the exact cost of that one. Yeah. That one you'd have to ring up and find out from the jail themselves. Would that be actual prison issue? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You never know. Um, so you can hire it from the jail, or if you feel more comfortable, you can bring your own um, and sleep in your own bedding. But um, yeah. beds are quite wooden. They are. If, if you can, I suggest double stacking the mattresses. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you do what I did, I put two single beds together and stole something like six mattresses and made a big king-sized bed. <laughs> did you? I did. That's awesome. You can get really elaborate with your, with your sleep. Hey, if you go into that one on B-Wing where it's like the queen size and the three singles, you could you get really elaborate with sleep. Right? Yeah, don't sleep in the middle because you'd sink uh, between the mattresses. Alright, anything else anyone wants to add before we say goodbye for another episode? Anything? Just just throw it out there, there's a mic in front of us. Yeah, there is too. No. This is going to end like the last episode where no one's saying nothing, I've just gone fuck it. This is your choice to be (laughs) lewd and just talk the same sort of shit that we do. So... Alrighty, guys. With the fear of this going completely off the rails, we're going to sign off now. But we've kind of hopefully whetted your appetite. I'm glad you. As said well as that. other places. Yes. <laughs> one spelled with an H and one is without. I don't care as long as it's wet. Yeah. Now, until next time. Until next time, I'm Ashley Hall. I'm Daniel. I am Brett. I'm Tan. I'm Robert. I'm Damo. I'm somewhat involved. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>